0: everybody welcome back to we are the batman i'm mike
1: and this is matthew
0: it's the last friday of the month and we're back on schedule which means it's time to do another batman breakdown this is the thing we do the last friday of every month where we break down a live action batman movie in chronological release order and the day we have been looking forward to i think since we decided to do this is finally upon us we have reached the nolan Christopher Nolan, Dark Knight Trilogy, the first installment in Batman Begins from 2005, starring Christian Bale and Liam uh, Liam Neeson. I'm trying to think of how, how deep I want to get into this before I let Matt Matt talk again. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at him sitting there swaying back and forth, like waiting for his turn, and it's like, how long do I want to keep him waiting? Uh, Batman Begins, guys. Um, God's... Matt, I love this movie. <laughs> it's
1: so good. We, like That's, I said, I, I I watched it in the weirdest order the other day. I think I told you. Yeah. Like I just opened Netflix and it was like, oh, I was watching this at one point. And it was like, as Scarecrow takes Rachel captive. Okay. And I just started watching the show for about 20 minutes. And then I was like, something happened and I disengaged. And then I was like, I'm going to start at the beginning. And I watched it from the beginning, got up to where I was, I was. I was like, okay, cool. And then I went, wait a minute. I didn't. Well, I didn't finish it. Fast forward into what I had watched earlier that day and then finish the movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's just such a. But anyway, yeah, this if this is I mean, do we want to hop right into cast? We want well, to get some I kind of
0: want to I kind of want to take this do this one a little differently than we've been doing just because it is such a landmark of a movie. OK, and I, I was telling you before we started recording when I went to do my rewatch of it for the show, I found myself because I, I didn't realize how long it had actually been since I'd watched this movie. It's probably been closer to 10 years than I'd like to admit. Uh, just, I, and I don't, one, well, honestly, because once The Dark Knight comes out and, and, and I, and I enjoyed the more recent takes on Batman, mm-hmm. the Batman notwithstanding, more than you did. So I've had more things to kind of, yeah. divert my attention from going back to batman begins um so it's so it's just it's just been a while since i was anyway so i rewatched it and i was telling you i found myself like just taking notes because i was like oh i never thought about this before i want to remember this to talk about on the show before i knew it i had live noted the entire movie <laughs> um so i i do want to break down all of our usual elements but i also want to do it kind of as we go through The story of the movie because there's a lot of things about this movie that I like that I almost feel like they could have been setting because as we know as we all know the way the trilogy plays out was not plan a. Correct. Uh, Heath Ledger's death caused them to make a hard diversion for the third movie because they of what they had originally written the third movie to be.
1: Even if they were going to do a third movie, I still, I stand by, I don't know if they would have, if they were even going to do a third movie. Well,
0: no, I, st- because Christopher Nolan had said he wouldn't do a sequel unless he got to do a whole trilogy because he doesn't like to do sequels. Gotcha. So he had said when he did Batman Begins, they asked him to come back for a sequel. And he said, he said, I'll only do two, if I can do a third one and, and tell a whole trilogy. So so that was always in the cards. Um, It's just the version of the third movie that, and we'll talk about this more when we get to The Dark Knight, but the version of The Dark Knight Rises they had originally written was written in conjunction with Heath Ledger. Like Heath Ledger helped write it. And then after he died, Chris Nolan was like, I don't want to do anything Heath wrote. If he's not going to be a part of it especially because the joker was still a big part of it they didn't want to recast anyway
1: yeah whole big thing on that we'll just skip that till that episode we will, we'll we'll save
0: that for next month that we will save that for october uh but batman begins I, I took so i took a ton of notes on this i'm, I'm not going to read off my entire two-page document because i'm not a psychopath um <laughs> but as we're going through i do want to just kind of hit some certain points in order i think they're going to come up as they should but um But what I will say is that I do think that there was a different way to set up the universe of this Dark Knight trilogy. Not that I'm saying I don't like what we got; I loved what we got. Um, But I think there was a lot of interesting elements. That's like I think it lends itself to just how good of a writer Christopher Nolan is. Um, To it's like you could have taken this universe in so many directions from this movie, and you could have taken this movie in so many directions. Honestly. And I think there's a testament to the great job he did building this world and, and this script.
1: Well, and I think too, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's a little different now. In the last five or 10 years, everything is, there's going to be a world, there's going to be a sequel. Like yeah. when he did this movie, there's no idea if there's going to be another one. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it is successful. It's not a huge breakout hit, but it's successful enough that they continue. But like... Yeah. It was You'd, a bigger hit
0: it was a bigger hit than I think they were counting on just because it was coming off of Batman and Robin correct that's a, that's a big stink to shake off
1: yeah but I think what happens is there's a lot that if you knew you were gonna do two or three of these there's other characters and other things you probably would have laid the groundwork for that you do in the second one that leads into the third well not only that but
0: like you're putting out a movie with no like top tier popularity villain. Correct. You're putting out the first Batman movie since Batman and Robin. You're doing it with a not unpopular British actor as Batman, with a lesser known main villain in Raz al Ghul and a lesser known side villain in the scarecrow. Yeah. With Christopher Nolan, who's known for doing cerebral, you know, at this point, he's done like memento, these like cerebral kind of, uh, I don't want to say indie films, but just these weird kind of like psychological thriller type things. And you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna gamble the batman franchise like you gotta figure back then People, you know if if this side of the internet had existed back then a lot of us probably would have been saying like you must have a damn good script because yeah. wow what a swing and well <laughs> and, turns yeah. out they did
1: <laughs> no it's 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 a really good script and i think the big thing in my opinion with this movie I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again, is I don't think we get the MCU without this movie being a success. Not a chance. Because before this, if you really look at some of the previous comic book movies, Mm. with the exception of maybe 89's Batman, they're never stacked with this deep of a talented and well-known cast. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean... mean you know
0: in 89's batman jack nicholson was the most well-known actor yeah michael keaton this was like his, it, was, it was like his second movie
1: no he, he michael keaton his had third? a run like that people knew who he was but he wasn't well, known he for was this.
0: but he was he was a comedian he was doing stand-up sure. at that point and he had only had a couple i mean he was mr mom that was everyone's big yeah. thing was he was mr mom um yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i mean well i mean batman returns you know they had a bigger bigger more stacked cast because of the hype from the first one um and then but but from here on but but basically after the first one it just becomes about who's the, who. the not even like who are the top tier actors we can get it's just who are the movie stars we can
1: get yeah. and Short, even then Schwarzenegger
0: got batman and robin because he was popular at the time well, not because he was a good fit
1: but even then those those characters are or those actors are cast in the lead roles like yeah. batman begins has talent 10 actors deep.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, you've for, got, you've got, um. oh, God, what's his name? You've got, um, Rutger know, Hauer. Rutger Hauer of Blade, from Blade Runner, a man with over, like, 150 movie credits to his name by the time he passed away. He's got 10 minutes of screen time, yeah. if that, as just a sleazy businessman. And he, yeah. he owns all of those 10 minutes, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah.
1: But- you've got him, you've got, um, ken watanabe who has just won an yes. oscar <laughs> playing a decoy
0: as a, as a for 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 a minute and a half of screen time yeah. he's not on screen very long um you've, you've got well i mean you, morgan freeman you've got morgan freeman playing
1: the guy in the chair
0: yeah which <laughs> you which, know, know
1: which gets the best meme of all time, which is even God works for Batman.
0: Even God works for Batman. (laughs) Tom Wilkinson playing Carmine Falcone. I mean, like these are, but, but also that's just Christopher Nolan's thing. I mean, I mean, to, to bring it to the modern times, like we just saw, I just saw Oppenheimer, you know, when it came out in theaters, you've got Rami Malek with like four lines of dialogue and, and three minutes of screen time. Rami Malek, this is this is freddie mercury for crying out loud you know yeah. the, again won the oscar but that's just because christopher nolan just he writes such compelling scripts even for such small characters that you know people are just like yeah i want to work with Christ- yeah, but if then, christopher nolan wants me to play a janitor i'm gonna say yes
1: but then warner brothers steps in and this is and then one, warner <laughs> this is my bit this is my bit we've okay. got christian bale yep. one of the if not at the time definitely now the one of the like daniel day lewis level actors wow that's a bold claim oh just watch five minutes of this movie oh my god you've got you know liam neeson ken Watantami, mm-hmm. rutger hauer um killian murphy who though not super big was known as like super talented at this time. I, i i he i i knew
0: him from doing like 28 days later like and yeah. he had done red eye like yeah i knew who he was yeah
1: you've got um morgan freeman you got the dad from the tv show the cop show that i can't remember the name of right now like we're just deep in
0: you've forgotten you've forgotten the number one michael kane
1: Michael Caine is Alfred. Like you were just deep in, and then Warner Brothers goes like, "Okay, Chris, I need you to do me a favor. Um, we need you to use Katie Holmes in this movie." And he goes, "But, but hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. Christian Bale's here. Michael Caine's right there. Uh, yes, but you, the Dawson's Creek girl, is who you're going to use." And he's like, "But Morgan Freeman's here, guys. B- please, Rutger Hauer." <laughs> has come over to my house and I showed him the Batmobile. He's in just because it's cool. Can I have anybody else but her? And they go, do you want to make this movie? <laughs> she's she's about to be with Tom Cruise. You need to put her in this movie. And he begrudgingly does, puts her in the movie. And my biggest joke of this whole thing is he obviously hated casting her so much that he kills her in the next movie. Even though it's not the same actress, like Katie Holmes in this movie pisses me the fuck off to no end because she is so bad and outclassed in every single moment of the movie. She's at,
0: I literally in my, in my notes, you can't see them, but every few lines is I just wrote the same phrase each time, which was she's trying so hard, (laughs) Katie Holmes is trying so goddamn hard in this movie and it doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> Maggie Maggie Gyllenhaal, while she's not my favorite actress, does a much better job in The Dark Knight, and I would have been in. It, she just has no chemistry with Chris with Christian Bale, um, or anybody. But again, but again, we'll save that for, for when we talk yeah. about The Dark Knight. Katie Holmes in this movie is trying so hard, and I kind of buy her and Christian Bale. Like I kind of I buy their chemistry. I, I think I think there's something there. I think she and I think at this point when you look at everything else around her if, and she's still just that kind of flat at that point it's like that's on Katie like I can't blame that on how she was written or how she was directed what everything else is being is so well done and I, I just I, I kind of look at that like I want to hear this dialogue from another actress I, you know
1: I just want to know how how did she get in? Like, it had to be Warner Brothers telling him she's here. There is no had way they worked
0: together before. Had she been in one of his? I, 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 it's Not been a long all. time since I've gone back to his stuff, so I don't no. know. He,
1: she is, she uh, is never, she, I don't know that she's done many movies up to this point. That's well, no, where at, it's, it's, at,
0: at this point, she's done a bunch of movies. She's now a lot of them are stuff like you know, The Singing Detective, but <laughs> her phone booth um but which is weird because in phone booth i mean phone booth she has a dramatic role and while phone booth is not the greatest movie ever i mean she's good in it but that might also just be she was good enough for what they had written um, did
1: david is 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 it zigzag or phone booth the one that david goyer wrote and directed uh
0: phone booth was uh uh directed by Joel Schumacher
1: okay never mind all right yeah, yeah. So let's see. Before this, she's in First Daughter, Pieces of April, The Singing Detective, Phone Booth, Abandoned, The Gift, Wonder Boys, Muppets. Fr- no, there's no reason for her to be in this movie at all.
0: Yeah, I think I think some strings.
1: And I'd
0: have to I'd have to do some re- some research into into that. And I just I'm not going to. <laughs> suffice to say, she got cast in the movie. She tries really hard. She, she's giving a hundred percent, but a hundred her hundred percent is just not enough for, for the movie, but she also doesn't have a ton to do, um, in here. I mean, she kind of gets fridged a little bit. Um,
1: well, and that's, I think that's, I think you're right in that is like, you know, <sighs>
0: like if, I, there's,
1: if there's one major
0: flaw with this movie, it's, it's Rachel it's if there's one major flaw with the dark knight trilogy in general it's 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 rachel kind of i i don't i I, I don't know it's i don't know i it just it's just it's a character that was created specifically for this story i I don't know that you needed it i don't know that you couldn't make that another another character i mean
1: oh the, the logistics of the character makes zero sense
0: I kind of get it and I kind of don't like it's, it's good. I mean, we're worse. It's 2005. Okay. So you know, to keep this back on the movie, it's 2005. We're still in the graveyard years of comic book movies and kind of action cinema in general, where it's like, there has to be a love interest. And even Christopher Nolan is not able to escape that trope sometimes. So this just kind of feels like the last gasping breaths of that trope in these kinds of movies because if you think about it yeah around 2008 when the dark knight I hate that we keep going back to the dark knight but the 2008 <laughs> when the dark knight comes out but also iron man comes out and we start seeing comic book movies shift away from that dynamic the dark knight kind of metaphorically ushers that in by killing off Rachel uh yeah. you know you know halfway through but to kind of put the bow on this part of the conversation so we can not turn this into the I hate Katie Holmes <laughs> podcast. I'm really not trying. She's, she's not great in the movie. Rachel is kind of the, the sore thumb of the trilogy. And unfortunately it's a role that was played by two, I think two miscast actresses. Cause yes. I think Katie Holmes had good chemistry with Bale, but just didn't have didn't have what we needed for a satisfying performance whereas i think maggie gyllenhaal had had the acting chops but didn't have the chemistry with bale or aaron eckhart in the dark Knight. um that's kind of all i want to say about that because i keep i I think the conversation of rachel ultimately i think is best saved for when we talk about the dark Knight because that's kind of where the the death the definitiveness of the character comes in
1: A, a little bit like i don't like she doesn't she has a damsel at one moment but not for the whole time, but I will like here. We got to put a bow. You're right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We got to move on from Rachel.
1: (laughs) I agree. Totally. She just totally miscast. Not her fault. I'm not blaming her. It's just somebody put, made her, made him use this person and they should have just let him use whoever he wanted.
0: It should have been Selena Kyle, but I'll save that for, for a later, a later conversation. Sure. Um, We'll say there's, there's just, just like this movie. This movie is the first part of a trilogy. This is the first part of a trilogy for reviews for me, because I have, wild thoughts about uh, about the Dark Knight trilogy, insane thoughts, thoughts that I've really never shared with anyone. But I figured this was as good a show to do it Uh, to kind of kick that off. I feel like the Dark Knight trilogy, while as it is absorbing it for just as it is. It's about as close damn near close to a perfect comic book trilogy as you can get in terms of films in terms of overall storytelling, in terms of overall character development, I think they just about nail it again. Stuff like Rachel and a few things that they do because of Plan B with the Dark Knight Rises aren't what I would have liked, and I think it's kind of where the biggest problems are, but ultimately I think they damn near nail it. However, I also feel like because Christopher Nolan isn't really a comic book guy, there was a lot of missed opportunities that I feel like if this exact same trilogy was made as is, but if Christopher Nolan was also a nerd, <laughs> I think there would have been some really interesting opportunities for world building and making this feel not, because because when you watch all three of these movies, they feel like Batman movies and they feel like Christopher Nolan movies but they don't feel like dc movies. Correct. If that makes sense? Yes. And I know and I know there's some charm to that like uh, granted on paper that is one of the things I do like about this trilogy that it is so significant but also as someone who likes Batman the best when he plays in the world of DC, I just feel like there were some opportunities for bigger world building and interconnectivity even it just if it just stayed within these three movies that just i think were missed because christopher nolan isn't necessarily like a comic like this wasn't made the way an mcu movie is made this was made to be a contained trilogy and nolan's not a nerd so
1: well and i think too is this is where you get into personally for me because i i had this issue before is like the more you ground Batman into reality, the less it makes z- any sense. He's in the justice league. Yeah. And I think 100%. this version of the, you know, the, what is that guy that you like? Uh, but he talks Batman like this, the, the, he oh, holds yes. Yeah. And he does yes. the whole thing of like, why do you want me in the justice league? I'm just a dude, you know? And a it's mess. like, yeah. And uh, so I think he does the only crime i think he does in this trilogy and then we have to actually talk about the movie <laughs> is i, I think the core of who batman is of never giving up yeah he craps on in the third film
0: which I, I think a lo- i think a lot of that just goes back to that the the dark knight rises was was plan b
1: yes and
0: that was that was the yeah. we can't we well it's 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 like the rise of skywalker it's Carrie Fisher died and now we can't make the movie we were originally going to make so now we have to edit around her and write around her dying and
1: yeah that's what's wrong with that movie (laughs) Well, there
0: there were other problems with that movie but that was also but that was a big one I mean they had said from they had said from jump that Rise of Skywalker was going to be Leia's movie and that Carrie dying made that impossible. And so Heath Ledger dying and them not being able to they were you know, Chris Nolzane is like the only way we could make this version that Heath wrote while you we were making the second one, Heath was writing the third one, he was like, I want to do this. The Joker was a big part of it. And he's like, We don't and after the performance that Heath Ledger gave, you don't you don't it's like it's like with Chadwick Bowman. It's like you don't necessarily want to recast. So I mean you know now with Chadwick <laughs> Boseman, I think ultimately they should have, but um with heath ledger as the joker it's a different kind of thing and and i respect the decision um and the last thing i want to say is is just based on the the opportunities for greater universe world building that this movie had that they didn't take up just because that wasn't their goal james gunn needs to do that with his with his dcu like james gunn put this kind of movie in james gunn's hands in terms of storytelling which is what James Gunn is a story guy. This is the kind of world building that if James Gunn's smart, he'll he'll do with his.
1: What she's obviously okay. doing, considering the random four characters we've heard cast in Superman Legacy that don't have anything to do so, with Superman. So, it's so wonderful and I can't wait. Um, So Christian Bale in Batman Begins. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you stayed on topic for the most part. It's just. But, <laughs> dotted line connections here's what i want to say first and foremost about christian bale's batman in this movie that is a very satisfying shade of black yes i don't know who the color coordinator was on in the costume design department that landed on this shade of black Ah, i don't know what it is i don't know what it is that is the most satisfying to look at shade of black when he is painting that suit and then the best shot of it, I really think you get is when he first runs into Katie Holmes when uh, she gets attacked on the on the train train station. Yeah, the way the cape is sitting and the way the light is sitting, and you can see the definition in the suit. It's it's just it's just the perfect shade of black, man. I don't know what it is. Yeah, this this is such a good bat suit. It's. It's a very, very good bat suit,
1: <laughs> which we will, or have already dived into depending on when this episode releases.
0: Wait, no, we will be not yet.
1: Oh yeah. That's right, We will be. Cause this yeah. is at the end of the, uh, if you
0: guys didn't see our Twitter, our, our Twitter post, uh, uh, we have a bunch of special episodes lined up for the month of October, uh, leading up to our uh, breakdown of the Dark Knight. Uh, the first of which will be about uh, the evolution of the Bat Suit. Trust me, we're going to talk about this Bat Suit in detail in that yeah. episode. We are going to talk about it here too. Don't worry. Um,
1: him it, building it's, great.
0: it's it's him building the Bat Suit in this movie might be my favorite part of the movie. I, I it's a it's a toss up between that and him training at the temple. Because all the stuff that's pre him going back to Gotham, all the origin story stuff is flawless. Correct. It's even, it's even and I, I made a point of writing this down, it's even edited well, because you could have told that story linearly. And I'm sure there's somebody out there on the internet who's for like an editing project, re-edited that movie in, in chronological order. And I kind of would like to see that if somebody has done that. I might even do it myself if I get bored one day. Um, and I think editing it flashback style the way they did is because it gives them opportunities to have little pockets of action throughout the actual story. Yes. And since the second half of the movie is so action heavy, it keeps the tone consistent from beginning to end. Otherwise, you wind up with a movie that like we're like the first third is all story and you don't see someone throw a punch for like half an hour.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that would it would make the movie feel uneven like you were watching like disjointed movies cut together. So editing the, the so telling the first half of the movie origin flashback style keeps the tone consistent and it keeps it keeps my attention and it also it's just kind of cool to see how the stuff in the past plays out with the stuff in the future you get the setup and you get the payoff a lot quicker so there's no time to forget it and it lets it live in your head a little bit more
1: but my my one thing about that entire situation is do you think in the chronological edit his mom says something
0: (laughs) she ain't got a line of dialogue I think you can barely make out her saying something to when he breaks his arm, and I think you can barely hear him saying. Oh no! When they come out of the theater, she says, "What's wrong, Bruce?" I'm like, "That's it. <laughs> we get no relationship with it." Like I know everyone likes to make fun of the Martha scene in BVS, but at least he loved his mom. You know, <laughs> at least you know it's just, but she, she, and, and that mom had no dialogue, uh, but, but, you know, at least the dad got to say Martha. Um, yeah, she, the mom there, which makes, I, I no, I'm not going to say it cause I don't want to go to another movie, but no, it just, it is, it is a bummer that we don't get to see his relationship with both of his parents, that it's just him and his dad.
1: It's um, a, I mean, I know why, like you really like, you know, to be archaic to be whatever like the lessons he's learning the things he's he's becoming are because of the legacy of his father and his name which come from the male side but yes is, it would be nice to have seen her do anything
0: and that's, <laughs> and that's and that's honestly a lot of people need like that's pretty traditional batman like yes like that's kind of always be, like and, and that's also just kind of old school storytelling in general it's like you know the son takes on the father. I, I get that too. It's one of those like, tri- like in in the in the ongoing comic book origins of Batman for decades, it's always been like, you know, the story where, where the character of Batman was conceived through something that his father did when he was younger, yeah. uh, which is a, a really funny thing they did in Brave and the Bold, which I thought was a great way to do it. It's but like Batman's connection to his father has always been the the thing that's driven yes. him the most. That's why in Flashpoint, in the Flashpoint comics and in the animated movie, Flash brings back a letter from Bruce's dad. It was the, And the implication has never been that him and his mother had no relationship. It's just his f- relationship with his father has always been the one that's been explored more, whereas Superman has always been more the one, the relationship with his mother has been the one that's been explored more. So it... it so I, I get why Christopher Nolan would choose to do that for this story. As someone like him, who, again, is not necessarily a comic book sweaty. If he's going over Cliff Notes, surface level intro to Batman 101 stuff, he's getting all the connection to the dad stuff. So I it would make sense why that was the I don't want to say safest placed way to, to to build that relationship but it is the one that kind of makes the most sense if it's kind of your first foray into into comic book filmmaking well, especially I, in 2005.
1: yeah well and i also think too is given the nature of we're coming in and out of moments those are the moments yeah. that are defining there is probably stuff of her that's on the cutting room floor that just look like as much as this movie is amazing it's a very good movie i don't feel like i'm clocking until we see batman but it is called Batman Begins. He's got to be Batman. We don't need another 15 minutes of seeing him and his mom do things. So yeah. totally I, makes I, sense.
0: I feel like in a different filmmaker's hands, we would have done that in a different movie.
1: Or if it was but, a show.
0: Or if it, was a, if it was a show, if we were building out a greater cinematic universe. This is a three-part story that we're, we're focusing. I mean this this trilogy strips Batman down to kind of the bare essentials. You know, because they take away a lot of the fantastical all the fantastical stuff. Correct. So when you remove all the fantastical elements of Batman, you remove anything to do with magic, superpowers, otherworldly, where it's everything grounded in reality. When you break Batman down to his bare essentials. This is it. Like that doesn't get any more stripped down version of batman than this
1: correct and which i think was the better way to go because you're yeah. trying to make batman the thing because you know look the last batman forever he's leaning toward almost being lost behind his villains batman and robin he's definitely backseated with his villains because yeah. who knows why other reasons we won't get into go listen yeah. to our episode about batman and robin to find out why <laughs> I <laughs> but I think here is like the intention is this is a Batman movie. This is a Batman Begins. This is an origin movie. And we've got to go through this and get to get the story beats, get the things we need, give him his background and have him be this character we saw in Batman year one, the comic or things we've never seen in films before, which is his actual origin. You know, every single film before this, you see the tragedy, but you don't see the origin
0: yeah you don't see you see you see point a and then you skip ahead to point yeah. l yeah you you miss all the other ones there's yeah. a lot of ground to cover for how he goes from that to be from being that to being batman and yeah. so that's i know people like to talk about like we don't need to see the origin again but i don't know there is something about and maybe it's just because i'm a big batman nerd but like there's something about seeing his different interpretations of his origin that is very satisfying, and and I've said it before, and I'm gonna say it again. There is nothing more satisfying than him putting his suit together for the first time. Yeah the that that chunk of minutes where where it's Christian Bale and Michael Kane building the arsenal,
1: and the occasional the, going back to Lucius Fox,
0: and it's occasionally it loses <laughs> any more stuff. That is my that is. I, I can watch that whole sequence on on a loop. It's so good. it's it's so very, very good. And it's just because and, and as a guy, like I play d and d, I love d and d crafting. I love building like you know, building cool stuff. So as someone who's like, man, if I had the opportunity to sit down at a workbench with some tools and some gear and just custom build a bat a bat suit, I I wouldn't be able to contain my giddiness. I would be giggling like a four year old. Like it, it, I would be la- I would be having. Tell me that there was no point during shooting. That's why all the shots of him doing that are from over his shoulder from behind. They can't look on his face because Christian Bale's probably just like this. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Batman. This is
1: great. I don't uh, know building I the,
0: I'm building the bat, the utility belt. Like, come on. You can't cast a fan. You can't cast a fan to play Batman. You can't do it. <laughs> that's why. That's why you always hear the stories about Hayden Christensen and and Ewan McGregor making the lightsaber sounds with their mouths when they would be <laughs> shooting the fights. Yep. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to shift to a side character real quick. Okay. Can we, can we talk about Killian Murphy as Scarecrow?
1: no so liam neeson (laughs) no i think he is an unsung hero of this movie because he is so so good in this movie
0: killian murphy doesn't know how to make a movie without chewing on every piece of scenery he is just he is so good in this movie he's so charming and captivating on screen i am locked in every time dr crane walks on
1: i think what he does a really good job of is had like for the first part of the movie you're like oh he's the villain and then you get to a point where you're like oh, oh yeah wait, he's not the villain he's a stooge so when because you're like Roslo ghoul's dead right yeah. yeah no we did we did
0: that rosal ghoul's dead we yeah. saved liam neeson we're not doing that we're not doing superpowers scarecrow's the villain yeah because Cause that would make, cause Scarecrow's more of a Batman villain than Ra's al Ghul. It's one people are going to know more.
1: Yeah. So the fact that when Ra's al Ghul, the, one of the first lines he says is like, basically like, now nah, we just lied to him. So he would do the things he wanted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, this he's guy's like, like, oh, so he's been nobody. Said, oh, oh, so Cr- Crane's not a member of the league. God, no. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> it was no. one of those, like, I kept waiting for everybody to start. I kept waiting for all the other ninjas to start laughing. Like that
1: fucking guy. Yeah. Like
0: the nerd. No,
1: we we didn't want to deal with FedEx. So we got this guy.
0: Dude, dude, uh, (laughs) Killian Murphy. And I, I wrote this in my notes. Uh, um, Killian Murphy has such big dick energy in this movie. (laughs) He, you know, you know what Killian Murphy is really good at. He is really good at being a condescending prick. Yes. You can taste the condescension in the air. When he speaks, you can tell that he's like, I know for a fact i am smarter than you and therefore i am better than you in every single way he is so menacing and just just twisted and i hate that this is the most we get of him in this trilogy
1: i kind of yeah but i also like that like the moment Batman gets physical in front of him, when they're in that, when they're mm-hmm. in the mains and they're when he finally like, you when he finally sees Batman, like literally mow through his men and yeah. suddenly like, oh, this dude's here, <laughs> like like, because he oh, lights him on fire, like gets him, yeah. lights him on fire and then he runs away. So he's like, aha. But then once he takes out the dudes, you just had that moment. And he's just like, oh, Dr. Crane's not here right now. <laughs>
0: It was, it was cause that because like, if you think back to like Bruce, T- like the animated series, that's exactly what Scarecrow was like. It was scare, 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 run away. And then the moment Batman would get him in a, get him in an a, a, a arm lock or something, he'd crumble. He turned into his, that's, that I love, Scarecrow is one of my favorite Batman villains. I mean, we, we've talked about it in the early episodes of this show. And, and man, Killian Murphy, I don't know what books, what comics he read to get ready for this, if any, He understood the assignment, man.
1: Yeah, he, my only thing I wish is I wish there was a single moment between him and Liam Neeson.
0: Yeah, I know I was kind of hoping to see him, but I also understand why, why there wouldn't be because of the way Rosalghul operates. I also just wish he had played a bigger part in the finale. Um,
1: I, well, and, that's what I said is he's a stooge. So I think it makes total sense of like no he has nothing to do with this. He's so, just a pawn.
0: So the reason I say that is because I this is kind of goes to my point from earlier of like if if I was if you were if I was to take another pass at the story of this trilogy, it would be to have this be the origin for Scarecrow being the final big bad in the third movie.
1: That yeah, that kind of makes sense. That would
0: be my thing like if you wanted to take just take this to like cause because when he because he only shows up for for that first sequence in the dark night then we don't see him again until a cameo in the dark Knight rises and i'm like like what if like that scene in the dark night was just him slowly building up his his regime underground and and you know like like let's have him escape that scene in the dark night and then have the third movie like he's been building all this up and just goes what he did to the narrow because the Dark Knight Rises is a, se- a spiritual sequel to the Batman Begins. Have it be the Batman Begins times 10, where what he, what Scarecrow and all them do to the narrows in this movie with the fear toxin in the water, do that to the rest of just, you know, Gotham or whatever. Yeah. So I think, I think there was a lot of opportunities in this movie to set up for a Scarecrow big bad villain reveal in the third movie ultimately. Now we don't go there, but I, I think that's one of the things that lends itself to how good of a writer, uh, Christopher Nolan is, is I think he wrote in all these opportunities for expansion without realizing it. I don't yeah. think it was on purpose. I think that, I think a lot of things, in this movie are written on purpose. And I think a lot of good things in this movie were written by accident.
1: No, I agree. It, it, this is definitely like. I don't know if he really knew he was doing a sequel when he made this movie or that it would be successful enough for him to do a sequel.
0: This one, probably not.
1: But it had to stand on its own and it stands on its own perfectly.
0: Because because of the three, this is the one that feels most like a DC movie. Yeah. You could take this movie alone and tie it in with another DC universe probably pretty easily. Yeah. Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rise is not even close.
1: No, not at all. So
0: right. talk about Killian.
1: Next? I was, well, we we still have yet to talk about our star. Do we want to go to this the little people, then go to the star? Do we want to get it's... into the actual movie? How do you want to do this? Man, I, it's hard
0: with this movie because there's so much good to talk about. There's every time I, I want to talk about so many things with this movie. You take I, I took us to I took us to Killian Murphy. You take us where we're going next.
1: All right. I'm gonna take you to Liam Neeson. And okay. this is why I'm gonna take you to Liam Neeson. Because that dude got me. Because Bro because this here's what happened here's what happened okay again big comic book fan i've been reading comics for a long time in the origin of batman there's a character named ducard and when bruce wayne is young there is is, he's a teen when bruce wayne is a teenager when you go to like pre-crisis origins young bruce wayne travels everywhere and he goes to europe to france to train with this guy ducard who is an amazing detective and that's where he learns how to be detective is from this man ducard shut the front door totally 1000 because this is this is I the one. i
0: never knew that
1: so this is what where it gets me i'm embarrassed that i didn't know that it's pre-crisis bro i don't even think you were born yet
0: <laughs> uh 89 it was april of 89 i was i was three months old
1: yeah so then what happens is this I 1000% buy into the fact he's Ducard. Yeah. I always see things coming in every yeah. movie. I always see things coming. I'm very rarely surprised. So when he comes out as Ray Jal I lost it. I was like, you sons of bitches. You got me with my fandom. I was so dialed in that somebody actually knew who Ducard was and cast the great Liam Neeson as Ducard. I didn't see at all all he was actually Rachael ghoul well because
0: especially at this point you you understand how dialed into reality this movie is so you're like oh well then yeah so they're not going to do immortal Rachael ghoul he's just dead yeah. like we're just yeah i mean but also if i'm casting Rachael ghoul if i've got to choose between liam neeson and ken wa- ken watanabe I'm i'm picking ken <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you know? i remember going like
1: asian sure why not so you oh, know well, yeah,
0: oh yeah, that's kind of the great thing about right Ra- Ray is that it's it the character is so racially ambiguous. You can cast whoever you want. Look yeah. at look at look at everyone who's played him in live action. We've had Liam Neeson, who's an Irishman. We've had Alexander Siddig, who is I don't want to say because I'm gonna be wrong, but he's just not Middle white Eastern. Middle Eastern <laughs> some kind. You've got and I don't know the actor's name who played him in the Arrowverse, but who is Greek. Like we've had and then yeah. you look at everyone who's voiced him. It's like you can cast whoever the hell you want to play a uh, Raz Al Ghul or yeah. Rachel Ghul. So, yeah, at that point, you're like, yeah, Rachel Ghul's dead.
1: And his casting's meta because even Barry. Liam Neeson read the script, got to the point where he disappears, and he calls Christopher Nolan and, and David Gordon and says, I don't want to do this. I've literally just did this in Kingdom of Heaven. I'm always the mentor. I don't want to do this. And they go, no, 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 no. Finish oh. the script. Finish the script. And he finishes yeah. the script and he goes, oh, I'm in. I never get to be the villain. Mm, he so, doesn't. So that's where, like I said, like it, it totally... And then every time I've watched it since then, I'm like, how did I not see it? It's so freaking obvious, but it's because... <laughs> Of my fandom because i really thought he would be a great ducard this Here's is the awesome. thing
0: though having having just watched it in the last couple of weeks here i knowing now that he's actually Ray al Ghoul, when i watched those training scenes i'd never pick up any i'm I'm like i'm looking for tells i'm looking for giveaways I'm other, rubbing than my the chin. Goatee, <laughs> other than the goatee <laughs> Other than the goatee, I'm looking for giveaways. I'm looking for tells. There's none.
1: The revenge story is the tell. I don't think so. Only because it's, it's I know only the comic. The tell
0: be- it's only the tell because of the Dark Knight Rises and because of the comic. Going into the movie on its own, though, there's no point where he drops his guard in yeah. the movie. I guess that's true. Like, because you get to the part where it's Bruce's final test, where they they want him to execute the guy, yeah. Like, and then once Bruce starts fighting back and trying to escape, they still never drop. Like at that point, you think the decoy would have been like, "Boss, what do I do?" Yeah, you know. But no, everyone still, everyone including Descartes, still can quote unquote Descartes, continue to follow Fake Raish's lead as it all the way until the end. So it's like, no, they went out of their way to not drop the facade. I th- probably more likely than not for the sole purpose of convincing people like you.
1: Well, and, and it
0: was what it was.
1: And I go to the fact that, like, I bet you 100% until the decoy is killed, I bet you everybody there thought he was the real Ray Ghoul. And it's Who's not still, until, yeah, yeah, not, it's not until he died that. Rachel Chulghul like, okay, look, this is what I've been doing. It's actually me, well, <laughs> and they follow him. This
0: brings up a point that I actually wrote down, like first when I was was because I I think because even watching the movie, be even all the way to the end, there's there's one line that throws this off, but not entirely, which is, was Liam Neeson really Rachel Ghoul the whole time? Or is Ra's al Ghul a title, quote unquote, that he was next in line for, that he has now inherited because Ken Ken Watanabe was the that's how quote it's, it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts, basically.
1: No, I think it's it's the latter.
0: Or his, you think that you you think that you think that Rachel. he was racial the
1: whole time. I think he's racial the whole time. Okay, I think it's always been him, and I think it's you know, you know or his methods supernatural or cheap parlor tricks to, yeah, which I, is, which is,
0: I love that line of dialogue, by yeah. the way, I love, I love that little Easter egg of, of the comic origins of, yeah. of, of Ra's I don't know. I, I think, I think, you I think if Christopher Nolan were to come out today and say, he meant it to be that it was a dread pirate Robert situation. I think you could be like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I buy that. But uh, I, yeah. I, but I also, I, I get, I, 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 I'm, I am operating under the assumption that he was always rash. It's just always an idea. I've had in the back of my head of like, but
1: was he My, my thing is this, I think he's always been raised because Ken Wantanami says not a single thing until Bruce Wayne backs away.
0: Well, he speaks, but he speaks in Japanese.
1: Well, then, I mean, to no. Bruce, like he doesn't oh, ever Bruce. address Bruce, yeah, Bruce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, through You're the right. whole process. So I think that's where, like, no, this is the game. This is the setup. This person who's over here that we're trying to impress by training you, when in actuality I'm training you to be my, my. And also, enemy.
0: it also speaks speaks volumes that uh, when Bruce refuses to, to to execute the guy, that Liam Neeson begs, "Yeah, Bruce, please." For your own sake do this it's like yeah. he's he's Rachel ghoul is begging someone for their own life well and it's like that, that, that lends itself to like that line he has later in the movie where he's like you were my greatest student it's like that really lends itself to like that to that that comic book origin of Rachel ghoul sees batman as his as his one true successor yes yeah which is which is a missed opportunity in the dark knight rises but We'll get to that when we get to
1: that. We don't. I I hope we don't get to that. I don't want to talk about the movie. <laughs> we're gonna. I know, I know. Uh, but no, I I think that has always been my whole thing with this movie. Is like this yeah. movie got me because I was so invested in the comic book of Descartes.
0: Um, That's so wild. I never knew that. I'm I, and that that honestly. I want to go back and watch this again, knowing that, because that gives me such a whole newfound appreciation. Maybe Christopher Nolan was a comic book nerd. I don't know, man.
1: Well, remember everything I've everything I've ever heard and read suggests that he's not. Yes, so. but he he co wrote this script with David Goyer, who is a that's deep. deep, Dave, deep David nerd. Goyer
0: loves his comic books. That's you are you are a hundred percent correct, and and shame on me for not acknowledging that at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, we'll no. go real
1: quick through some of the other casts before we get back to Christian Bale. Rutger Hauer, amazing. Rutger great. Again, understood the assignment, did what we supposed to do.
0: Um, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox is now the gold standard by which I will because I mean literally every time Lucius Fox has been depicted since this movie, it's always been someone doing a Morgan Freeman impression. yeah whether it was Gotham, whether it was the TV shows, anyone doing Lucius Fox since Morgan Freeman has tried to do Morgan Freeman
1: and my my favorite um, part is that whole like <laughs> like you expected to run into a lot of gunfire in these caves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, their whole dynamic, his whole dynamic with Lucius in all three of these movies is excellent. Yeah. It's 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 every I mean, it gives me so much joy when uh when you know he's showing him the tumbler and he's like, look, Mr. Wayne, as far as I'm concerned, all this stuff's yours. Just don't treat me like an idiot. Like, like I can, I, I can keep a secret. I don't, I honestly don't care. Yeah. Just 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 don't be a dick. Don't at, be a dick about it. At
1: what point do you think he realizes he's Batman?
0: First time Batman is in the news. The first time <laughs> the, the first time public catches wind of Batman, he immediately knew.
1: I think that that's my thought process. It's like, there's no way he doesn't know. He
0: there's doesn't no way know. he doesn't know. The moment he knows Batman exists, he knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. Because, I, because, because to quote the, the the lawyer from The Dark Knight, are you going to tell me you didn't recognize your baby out there pancaking police cars?
1: Yeah, that's the always the telltale. Like even if he didn't know yeah. before, at that point you're like, no. But that's after. Yeah,
0: if, if, if if up to the tumbler, he hadn't noticed. The moment he sees the tumbler, he's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, Morgan Freeman in this movie in all three of these movies, but especially in this one is 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 just the sprinkles on top of the hot fudge Sunday. Yeah. i mean it's very good can we can we spend a couple minutes talking about michael cain as alfred
1: he was next
0: man now and i and i have i have said this on numerous episodes of this show we've never had a bad alfred casting no find, find me one that there's don't exist lot. there's not. michael cain might be my favorite though
1: i think michael cain is the last version in my opinion of the Daughtering, not daughtering may not be the bat the right word. The old man who's taking care of this boy instead of the, your father, instead of the mentor who's raising Batman. Because I yeah. think like Jeremy Irons, even though there probably is a giant age difference between him and Ben Affleck, it doesn't look like it. um What's his it's name? Because
0: the version, it's because of the version. Well, but that's the way it is in, in like in the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns comic book too. At that point, Bruce is so old that he and Alfred are basically you know, peers
1: and Jeremy Irons doesn't age. Um, Jeremy Irons
0: has also looked at the same age for the last 40 years. Yeah.
1: But then <laughs> even with like um, Gollum in the Batman, like, oh, he's um, older, but he's yeah. not this old guy with a cane. And I think yeah. Michael and Robert Pattinson
0: looks younger than he is. Yeah. So,
1: so I think Michael Kane, to me is the first of like, I want to say grandfather age, but he's older than Bruce Wayne's dad was. And, well, it's
0: and coming off of Michael Goff for four Batman movies who say what you will about all four movies, Michael Goff was always amazing. Um, it's 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 an easier when you think about when you think about like Aunt May and Spider-Man, you know, yeah. we went from and I, I don't know the actress's name, but from the from the the Raimi films, who was much older. Yeah, And then you get into uh, the Andrew Garfield films where you have Sally, uh, um, Sally Field, um, thank you, Sally Field, who's older but not as old as previous and
1: not a grandma aunt may an actual yeah. aunt May.
0: <laughs> which has always been which has always bothered me about aunt may. I'm like why is she always 90 um she's his aunt <laughs> um and then you get but then you get into the Tom, the, the tom holland ones where where it's marissa tomac um with alfred he's just permanently old <laughs> yeah. we never really know how old alfred is it's just that all times he must always on screen be depicted as old uh because from the origin story of this movie to the time this movie ends his appearance doesn't change even the, even yeah. the slightest uh but that michael caine has also kind of looked the same his entire
1: life well but i also get into like in the comics it's not until like the mid nineties, you start getting more into Alfred is somebody who's actually capable. Like before yeah, Alfred, that,
0: Alfred is not to be trifled with. Yeah,
1: Before that, he was just a butler. But then as like Frank Miller starts introducing that thing that he possibly had a military background. And this is definitely in The Dark Knight. When we get there, where he talks about his yeah. own
0: experiences. Of that.
1: So I think him in this, I he's perfectly cast for that. He's old enough to be the old butler. But when you get into the other films, he's young enough that you could buy that. And he's a big dude anyway, that yeah. he may have ran around and did some military mercenary work because he doesn't say he was a secret agent. He said, me no. and my friends
0: were, were, were working with the local government. Yeah, yeah. They <clears throat> mercenaries, they were merc- <laughs> they were mercenaries, but but even going past that. Christian Bale and Katie Holmes might not have, or or Maggie Gyllenhaal might not have a lot of chemistry in The Dark Knight. But you know who has the most on-screen chemistry through all three movies? It's Christian Bale and Michael Caine. Oh, yeah. I love their interactions so much. Michael Caine does for Alfred in this movie what I think Heath Ledger did for the Joker in the Dark Knight, which was he or what Mark Hamill has done for for the Joker in animated form, even as a better example, which is when you think about the Joker, the Joker is like four different parts of the same character. He's chaos. He's he's a lunatic. He's a criminal. He's you know, he's all these things. And Mark Hamill's Joker kind of encapsulates all different versions of that. Heath Ledger's got the second closest. His was more of the his was more of the anarchist than anything else. Um. Alfred is equal parts father figure, mentor, mentor. Um, you know, I hate to say assistant, but assistant, you know, guy in the chair, you know, just kind of the, the catch all person, you know, t- t- teaching you how to fight, teaching you how to survive, kind of thing. And I think Michael Kane gets the closest to being all of those at once because you can believe, like you said, you can believe his path as a mercenary that is implied you can believe that he knows how to stitch up a wound you can also believe he knows how to properly cook a filet mignon yeah uh, and i'm i'm sure it would be the greatest steak i've ever had in my life i i just imagine that this alfred is is truly a, a wizard in the kitchen yeah um
1: five and five salt and pepper somehow it's amazing
0: yeah it's just <laughs> man he i this is my favorite portrayal of alfred in in any any Batman, anything. This has always been my, this will always be my favorite as my, and and that's not to say that I don't love all the other ones because I do, but so far, like this has been my favorite by far. And I really can't wait to see more of what Andy Serkis does with Robert Pattinson, but um, there is just something about the scenes with Michael Caine and Christian Bale in this movie, whether it's them on the plane coming back because they can go from having serious conversations about justice to about his, feelings about his parents to cracking jokes about the fact that Alfred technically owns everything at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of those is just like where he's like, Yeah, I trust you're gonna put on a, some conceal your identity to protect those you care about. Oh, you mean Rachel? No, I mean me. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like I'm gonna all right well thank God I left everything to you. Yep, you can borrow the car if you want, bring it back with a full tank of gas. Uh, yeah. I just I love for a brief moment, Alfred can just be a dad. And yeah. uh it just I love it, man. I love Michael Caine as Alfred.
1: My The next one I want to bring up is um. my favorite thing that happened in this movie as okay. far as characters okay. is giving me an extremely capable commissioner or Captain uh, Lieutenant Gordon, whatever he is, Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon. He's a
0: he's a sergeant at the beginning of this that's, movie.
1: So Gary, that's, that's
0: get to see the progression of his career. Yeah. Which is insane to me.
1: Gary Oldman finally getting to be a good guy,
0: and not just a good guy, but like the goodest good guy
1: is awesome.
0: His Gordon is so good.
1: He's one of the. He's one of those actors, like, like he's the. To me, he's the J.K. Simmons of the DC. Just keep. I don't care. But let which is
0: hilarious because J.K. Simmons plays Gordon in, in, in the Snyderverse, which is I think is a which I think is something we were robbed of, honestly.
1: Probably, but anyway, I um, <laughs> but no, I, he's one of those guys. I would love for him to, to forever be Gordon. Uh, it's just no, it was no it offense was... to Jeffrey Wright. No. Oh, but, oh, Jeffrey Wright's so good. But to have, well, and look, Pat Hingle did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. And it, and that harkens to the previous versions yeah. of those characters, you know? Um, but no, I think he's an, a man of action. He's an intelligent man. He's a good man. He's got everything that you want this Gordon to actually be. Because again, the whole thing of Gordon being capable is a thing that comes from Frank Miller. Before it's Frank straight Miller. Straight
0: out of year one. It's st- This yeah. is year one's Gordon. Yes. Like, like page to screen. This is year one's Gordon. The look, the writing, everything about it is year one's Gordon. He is just a cop in a town that has grown so filthy and dirty inside and out. And he is just trying to survive one day to the next and figure out what to do.
1: Yes. So I, I I really liked him in this. I really feel like, like I, yeah, I just, I loved that. We got a capable Gordon because I was so tired from the first Batman movie of Gordon, just being explanatory nonsense. Like, and they and he's great when he talks to batman and you know like <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's, it's awesome.
0: awesome um it's, i love i love them just surrounded by flying bats just trying to figure out like just what to do next yeah it, it's it's i, I if you've never seen the blooper reels from any of those scenes you need to see it because gary oldman fucks up so much and it's <laughs> it's hilarious every single time um and uh if you ever get a chance, guys, it's it's fantastic. Look it up. Gary Oldman is the greatest actor living right now. Uh, I will die on that hill. Uh, Gary Oldman is such a good actor that there's a pretty good chance one of us is Gary Oldman and we don't realize it. Correct. Uh, I fully anticipate one day to be walking around my house, minding my own business, doing the dishes, and somebody will say "cut," and I will look over, and I'm on a movie set, and I'm Gary Oldman, and that's how good of an actor Gary Oldman is. Yes. Um using him at, as our avatar into, into Jim Gordon for, for these movies and in this one especially and just how fleshed out of a character he is by the end of The Dark Knight Rises I mean it, he's almost our other lead like yeah. our other central character like it really is 50 50 him and Batman in all of these movies yeah and I love that because we had never seen that before in a movie and we won't see it again until the batman yeah and it's 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 one of my favorite things in batman storytelling it's one of the things that makes the long halloween so good is the relationship between him and gordon and harvey dent which we get allusions to in the dark knight but just in any comic the work between gordon the, the the relationship between gordon and batman is is so central that it's one of my favorite running jokes on the harley quinn animated series is because that batman doesn't care about gordon and gordon's obsessed with batman and it makes me laugh every single time because <laughs> um, gordon just wants batman to love him and admit that they're friends okay uh,
1: yes <laughs> Yes. I love it. It makes me laugh. All right. So here's the next person I want to talk about before we. Oh, man. Yeah, we're running out of people. run We got left. Run to back to Christian Bale because we have yet to yeah. talk about him yet. I know. Linus Roach as Thomas Wayne. Oh, I good think. Pick. Gives. He was. When I did the top 10 dads in film, I picked yeah. him as like number three. He's a very good Thomas Wayne. Well, and I think too is like what I like about what they usually, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, as brute as Thomas Wayne, is the brute, super big, muscular Thomas Wayne,
0: which Jeffrey Dean Morgan is the Thomas Wayne I can see being Batman in an alternate universe. If you tell me Linus Roach was Batman in another universe, I'd tell you, you were high
1: on the wrong stuff. (laughs) Well, because what I like about it is, to me, watching him play Thomas Wayne, you see who Bruce Wayne would have been. Yes. He would not have been this 100% overly violent, intense, obsessed, let's look, he's crazy person. He would have been this very gentle, very loving, very fatherly, um, what is it, philanthropist? Is that what that word yes. is?
0: Like, yes, philanthropist.
1: You, you see this? what this legacy that Alfred has been talking about and why it's so important. And even though they're both trying to help Gotham, they're doing it in two completely different ways. And I love that this is the version that we got of Thomas Wayne. Because like I said, I think making Thomas Wayne a capable person physically, mm. I think is a mistake. Him just being this doctor who is not yeah physically capable, who is just this normal dude, who's just yeah. as really intelligent and really thoughtful and really smart and really has a good heart, I think is what you really need, because I think that adds to the tragedy of how this boy becomes Batman.
0: I I agree and disagree. I, I think on I think on the surface level, I think I think you're 100% correct. Um, because as humans, when we see someone like Linus Roach's Thomas Wayne get gunned down kind of there's this smaller guy a very non-imposing guy we tend to feel bad for it more as opposed to like a bigger guy where I think it where I disagree is because I look at it from from the perspective of it's 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 the it's the wharf problem uh that Star Trek The Next Generation had people always make jokes about the fact that in star Trek, the next generation, Lieutenant Worf gets his ass kicked quite frequently. Yes. Um, the reason behind like the barrels is the one is my favorite yeah. one. Cause the barrels is ridiculous. The reason they would have Worf get his ass kicked though, is because he's a Klingon warrior. Yeah. He's kind of the best fighter in the room. So. In order to make something threatening, you have to have something that can kick the tough guy's ass, so that it feels like a threat.
1: Correct, but the problem they did is they never established he could do anything first. That's, <laughs> that's my point. Is like, like having Jeffrey Dean Morgan,
0: having the comedian and Negan from The Walking Dead be Thomas Wayne works from the Wharf perspective, but only if we're gonna get to like experienced like experience in just non-justice a uh, flashpoint or him you know but it's because they were trying to avoid retelling the origin story again I get so I I get both sides of it is what I'm but that needless to say Linus Roach's take on Thomas Wayne if you're going for a series if you're going for a film series where the focus is on Bruce's relationship with his father you nailed it yeah, because I, I think Dennis Roach is a very underrated actor. I actually quite enjoyed him on Law and Order for the brief time that he got to be on there as one of the prosecutors. I thought he was very good, and I really enjoyed uh, his chemistry with the young the actor playing young Bruce Wayne. They yes. felt like father and son to me. Yes, um, I loved the conversation with him and Bruce. In you know when he has the nightmare about the bats. Um, I love the way that everything with, as I said before, everything pre Return to Gotham, I think is, is flawless in this movie. And, and, and that very much includes the stuff. Yeah. I wish there was, I I do kind of wish from a writing standpoint, they had found a way to work in his mother, his relationship with his mother into this as well. But as far as the execution of his relationship with his father, I don't think they could have done a better job.
1: 1000%. All right.
0: All right. Yeah. Take a pause.
1: Dude, we're over an hour and we have yet to talk about the movie. Keep in
0: mind, we have 20 minutes at the top where we didn't talk about the movie. But also, who gives a shit?
1: (laughs) Well, I was going to say, do you want to make it a two-parter?
0: No. Dude, these are always long. I yeah. always let these ones go on cause they're, cause they're a special episode. They're always going long. It's okay.
1: fine. I just didn't know if you wanted to like. No, 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 no. it's fine. two one hour ones. No, 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 <laughs> these, are, these are, I have always
0: let these ones just be as long as they're gonna be because they're a, something special we're doing.
1: Okay. It's so, once
0: a month. It's a, it's a break. It's a breakdown. We're here to go deep dive in depth. That's the point. Batman and Robin is terrible. We only spent 20 minutes on it because fuck that movie, but <laughs> there's not much more to say other than it sucks ass. That being said, sooner i do want us to eventually get to another because i do have to get back to work so yeah,
1: same okay <laughs> all, right. all right so then now uh,
0: so let's do so we got, we got to do christian bale
1: <sighs> and then the movie
0: and then this is the movie in general yeah and because then,
1: we've covered pretty much everybody i feel we're going to yeah. cover i think we've hit
0: all the important notes i wanted to make the rest of them i'm going to save when we get into the other movies because again i kind of want to slowly pitch over these three movies like there was a way to do this as as to, as a universe building, just the way that it is.
1: Well, and my biggest problem, and we can get to the third one, but I'll tell you right now, I, one, I really believe two things happened that messed up everything. Number one is, um, Heath Ledger died. Not so much Heath Ledger died. I don't think he was planning on doing another one. My understanding was that it was supposed to be two face and Heath Ledger, as the villains in the second one going against each other. And that when he found that somehow in the process, they decide not to do that, which is why all the two faced stuff is truncated really quickly at the end of the dark night. That is my understanding. See, my,
0: my understanding was that this was the, was that the third movie was going to be
1: the trial of the Joker
0: two-face hugo strange and the trial of the joker
1: see i my understanding was the trial of the joker and two-face was gonna be that was gonna be his origin and then it got
0: oh see, no, my my understanding from from reading up on it over the years was that they were gonna tell everyone that harvey dent died <laughs> but really they were gonna lock up two-face and keep it a secret to protect gotcha. his legacy
1: it's possible but my my thing more is that even before they start making the third film DC yeah. announces they're going to reboot it. So I think that's part of why that movie is
0: announced that yet, because at
1: that
0: point they had just announced man of steel.
1: No, they, they announced
0: Nolan was going to be, um, well, I think they announced they were launching a new universe, but I think the original intention was to loop in Christian Bale.
1: Nope. They specifically said, I I only say that it's because less... I was doing my other show at the time and I covered it
0: okay, let's let's bookmark that. okay and we can work on that for the Dark Knight Rises one.
1: Yeah. I'm just telling you I think that's why okay. the third one is so not as anywhere near is I think I think
0: I, th- I think it's a perfect storm of bad things happening that led to that movie and I like that movie, but I think it's a I think it's a perfect storm of well, I think just it's... everything everything went wrong yeah. prior to that movie getting made well, and... and
1: and I also think it's one of those you want to make interstellar you better do this third one. You want to do this? You have yeah, to do this. Yeah, but I'm telling this. you, man, he,
0: he had already told him, he said he wasn't going to do the second one if he couldn't do without doing a third one. That was his deal was his deal was one or three.
1: It's possible. I don't know. I'm just saying I think we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that when we yeah. get to
0: the Dark Knight rises. All right. So.
1: So we keep skirting around it. We started going down this ro- this this route and then we kind of went everywhere else but Christian Bale.
0: Man, it's hard to talk about this movie. <laughs> there's a lot to cuz there's so much I love, man. Christian Bale.
1: Look, I will I think Um, he's one of the best actors of all time. It can be argued. I think he is most certainly the most talented best actor to ever portray Batman ever. I think he can outact anybody who's ever put on the cowl. Now, does he in this role? In this, I think he gives his best performance of an actor in Batman Begins. I don't think he has anywhere near as much to do in The Dark Knight. And the third one we'll talk about later. But I think as far as talent, there are things he does in this movie nobody else ever pulls off. Now, mm. on the flip, I don't think he does what I prefer best, which is why Val Kilmer is still kind of up there in my conversation of he is Bruce Wayne through mm. and through, putting on a mask as Batman, putting on a mask as a playboy. He is Bruce Wayne. He's It's very established. He is n- This version of Bruce Wayne is not the overly obsessed fighter of crime he is a man who wants to save his city and uses batman as a tool to do that yeah which i think works in this storyline and makes sense within the three films and why that would make sense why in dark knight rises there's a six-year gap yeah but as a comic book person like no (laughs) but i think his performance is outstanding yeah there isn't even with Katie Holmes, you can see him like, no girl, you're coming with me. I don't care if you have talent or not. I'm making this work. And just fantastic. I, as much as I love him as Batman, watching him go against Ducard, watching him with Alfred, watching him with, with just all with, with Lucius Fox, like it's so difficult to make a really interesting Bruce Wayne because everybody wants a Batman and Christian Bale pulls it off so damn well.
0: Christian Bale, it, it, and you're absolutely right. Like to make a compelling character of Bruce Wayne is hard because yeah, at the end of the day, I want to see him in the suit. Yeah. You know, I love season one of Daredevil. I shouldn't have had to wait until the second half of the last episode to see the suit. And for it to not be finished, uh, that rude, the disrespect. Correct. Uh, I felt, I felt lied to and misled. Um, so with this one for them to make Bruce Wayne, but again, I think a lot of that lends itself to how well edited and, and written the first chunk of the movie is with, with the origin story. It's such a compelling, it's just a compelling story. Yeah. And and this goes back to that earlier point of like breathing new life into the world of comic book movies pre MCU. This is the kind of this is the kind of thing we come to expect in our comic book movies now, where it's not the character in the suit that's interesting. It's the character that's interesting and the suits just cool. You know, yes. what makes Iron Man, what makes Tony Stark's Iron Man in you know, Robert a. Jr's Tony Stark so compelling is his performance as Tony Stark, not just the Iron Man suit. And Iron Man's suit's cool, but we love him because he's funny and he's got depth and there and, and there's relatableness to his character. Yeah, this was kind of the first, because this then leads us into to the Dark Knight and the same year that Iron Man comes out. Batman Begins was the first breath of that kind of writing in a comic book movie. And I think you're 100% right. I don't think the MCU happens without Batman Begins as the appetizer for what a comic book movie could be.
1: That you can get a comic book movie that would pull in this much talent. Let's not forget, I think people forget, the main villain of the first Iron Man movie is Jeff freaking Bridges. Yeah. Again, another one of these almost the top actor of our time.
0: Yeah, like, just, just Lebowski in a really big Iron Man suit. Yeah. Like uh, going against Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark in the first movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What? <laughs>
1: and And stealing scenes left and right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so when you bring in someone like Christian Bale to this movie, who just we've said it several times about other but who just who who knew who understood what he was supposed to do yes he, he he understood he understood that he was playing three characters in this movie yeah he understood that he was playing playboy bruce wayne batman and the actual person yeah the 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 the, the bruce wayne to his core he understood that that's that was what we needed, and we we don't really we had never seen that before. We had seen a little bit of it in '89's Batman, a little bit of it in '89's Batman, but not a lot. And then we didn't see it again. Then we see it in these three movies, and then we don't see it again until I think Robert Pattinson. Yeah, um, just because of how Batman was used in the Snyderverse. So this was for a lot of for a lot of the average moviegoer who were just going to see a fun Batman movie who probably weren't anticipating that. And this was probably kind of their, this, like I said, this was their appetizer, their first tastes of what it's like to have a dynamic character in a comic book movie.
1: Oh yeah. I mean,
0: that doesn't happen without Christian Bale knowing what he's supposed to do with this. Yeah.
1: There's two moments in here that Christian Bale does as Bruce Wayne that are absolutely amazing. And one of them is heartbreaking. And it's when he runs into Rachel as he's leaving the restaurant. And he's like, hey, and like, you could tell he's like, no, don't, don't worry. Like, I'm going to save the city I'm Batman. Everything's yeah, fine. And he's like, yeah. no, I, I can, I'm doing stuff. And then the girls start calling to him and you could see. We have more
0: hotels for you to buy.
1: His face fall, like kind of, you see his eyes he he's fall, busted. but you see his face trying to stay here. And you're just like, you know, he wants to tell this person everything, but he That's- can't.
0: It's that's that's your parents coming home after leaving you home alone at the house for the first time and you being like oh yeah no everything's fine and then a shelf falls off the wall behind
1: you it's like
0: ah crap
1: (laughs) so that and then the one is when he's talking to Rache at the party and he's like, your quarrels yeah. with me. And he's like, you're welcome to explain it. And as he turns, he transitions into this drunk Bruce Wayne. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> you can just
0: barely see it on his face. It's the smile. Yes. Yeah. He just gets this. And it's I, I think I went back when I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I think I went back and watched that like two or three times. Just I was like, I got to watch it again. It's 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 so good it's it's
1: because the fact that, that it's not a cut he just turns around and starts going into it you're just like you know oh my. you know gosh. what you know
0: what I that reminds me of to give a modern example it's um it's in moon Knight when uh when oscar isaac is transitioning between the personas mm-hmm. mid and you see just little muscle fluctuations and 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 little changes in how he speaks minus changing an entire different accent but it's it's that kind of same thing it's that switching of identities like he might as well have alternate uh, you know alters you know he might as well have DID because it's that it's that much of a of of, of a switch in, in again literally mid-turn the camera doesn't cut it's and it's the fact wild, that
1: it, it wild to me and <laughs> that it that it um entertains Raish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that Rage thinks it's like the funniest thing ever. He's just like, you know what? Respect. Yeah. He's a- am- I-, I know what he says is amusing, but the tone of his yeah. voice, just like, you know what? Didn't think you had it in you. Respect, yeah. respect. Good, good for well, you, good for you.
1: Well played, James Bruce, Martin. well
0: played. Well played, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in. Um, to go to that, the the, the what you do that defines you scene from the hotel you know, the, fir- the first time I saw this movie, I didn't, I didn't love the, fr- I remember being a theater. The first time I saw the movie, I didn't love that line watching it now as but I was also 15 watching it now as a, as a grown ass man with some sense about him. I, I do find that that line is a lot deeper than I think it gets credit for only yes. because it's spoken by Katie Holmes. Um, <laughs> it's because the line itself on paper in the context of the scene, it's, uh, it's a really great, like, I'm trying to remember how, how I thought of what I thought about when I was like, like it's like an illusion to having a dual identity. Like, how do you know, like, like, it's like her introducing the, the, the idea the lesson that Bruce needs to learn in this movie, like of of knowing which version of you is the real you. And ultimately it comes down to like because cause sometimes Bruce Wayne Batman gets a little lost in the sauce of who am and we see that we see that in Batman forever, actually. Yeah. Who am I? Am I Batman or am I Bruce Wayne? Or can I be both? Is it possible? And so I think ultimately it's the idea of it's what you do that defines you that becomes kind of the defining thing for batman of like who 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 is this person is he batman is he bruce wayne is he the playboy no he is the person that is doing the things he's doing yeah so he doesn't need to worry about what to call himself um it doesn't matter what matters is what you're doing don't worry about the fact that you're out here making an ass of yourself at a swimming pool you're also the one taking down carmine Falcone. Yeah. It it plays it plays into the whole thing that liam neeson says when he says you know about having the will to act when yeah. he's giving him that lesson about his dad during his training it's about having the will to do what's right because it's right. And because, you know, because it's what's necessary, it's about doing what you need to do. And, and that is what those two quotes combined really kind of become the, the, the the motto as it were for, for what Batman stands for, at least in this take on
1: Batman. Yeah. And look, Christian Bale is a dancer. And I know it's a weird segue, but because he's a A dancer, he can mimic and learn martial arts very, very well. And I bring this up yeah. because if you watch the behind the scenes stuff for Batman, they, even the fight coordinators talk about like how fast he learned fight choreography mm-hmm. and how good he was at it. And that, you know, they had to put doubles in more of like, dude, no, you cannot do this. Yeah. We have to do this. You need to stop well, on yeah. top of it's, that. It's,
0: it's, it's the Daniel Craig problem.
1: Yeah. But on top James of Park. that equilibrium which is the movie yeah. he did about two years before this. But the movie that when you watch it, you go like, Oh yeah, Batman. But
0: I hate that movie.
1: Okay, so we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about so, it later, so, later. so But in the commentary, the director goes several times of things Christian Bale could do that nobody else was doing. And that in that yeah. movie, the only thing he doesn't do is the flips. But that there is a what was it? Oh, it was two shotguns a shotgun in each hand. And only christian bale could cock him without using he would just do this like quick jerk oh, move. The,
0: the arm the, the 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 one arm <laughs> yeah
1: just like and it would
0: the action move that you yeah. do in video games yeah
1: and he's like only christian cool, bale could do it
0: the cool the coolest way to reload a gun
1: yeah so it was just really cool to see like no this is a guy who obsessed and then on top of that like dude i don't know if you know this about christian bale but the movie he he was making when he got cast as batman was a machinist.
0: Oh yeah. And he had in he because he lost.
1: He was down to him, 121 it, pounds.
0: Yeah, he was he was gaunt. He was skin and bone. It, it, he he basically had the Toby Maguire problem because Toby McGuire, after the first Spider-Man, did Sea biscuit and he lost a crap ton of weight to do Sea biscuit to be a yeah. scrawny little jockey. Then he had to put all that muscle weight back on for Spider-Man 2. He almost couldn't do it.
1: Yeah. Now they they say from the stuff I watched, like Christian Bale's like, okay, get as big as possible. Cool. And yeah. like almost put on 100 pounds of mass and then shows up on set and everyone's like, oh my gosh, what did you do? He's like showed up looking like a bear. And they're like, we have to lean you out as quickly as possible. So that's yeah. why if you watch some of the movies, like there's parts where he's just gigantic and he kind of leans out as the film goes on. But the dude like you said, he understands the assignment. He knows it's up. He's up with the fighting. He's up with that. They wouldn't let him drive the car, which is totally understandable. But
0: oh yeah. oh yeah, for insurance reasons, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's it's who do you think he is? Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't buy a new here's safety a, guy. Here's what <laughs> I want
0: to say about, about Christian Bale too. Like when you look at like he does he does the machinist before this, and then he does Batman Begins in The Dark night. I think it's that combination of roles that end up getting him the Fighter, cause, which is what gets him the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. Because if you haven't seen him in the Fighter, it's it's it the the movie's incredible. Uh, people at home, if you haven't seen the Fighter, yeah. uh, go see it for Christian. I mean, the movie is is fantastic, uh, but for nothing, if not for nothing, just for Christian Bale's performance. I mean. And and when you watch that performance, you see you see elements of his take of Bruce Wayne and his take of the character from the Machinist. Here's the one thing I want to say about Christian Bale's Batman, though, and this is this is more of a me thing than it is a movie thing. His portrayal of all three versions of Bruce Wayne, whether it's Bruce Wayne the playboy, Br- Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, or Batman in this movie, are are flawless. I hate his playboy Bruce Wayne only because I hate American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> and his playboy bruce wayne is like too many shades of patrick bateman
1: which i think is what makes it brilliant because that's the it's, whole point
0: <laughs> it it 100 percent is i know that's why it works but because i hate american psycho so much it's a little hard for me to swallow and i and again that is that is a me problem that is not a problem with this movie i'm not saying that yeah. he's i'm not saying it's a problem with the portrayal or the writing that is strictly a me issue but i just felt like i had to i felt like i had to say it because i, I honestly just I, I i never missed a chance to say how much i hate american psycho but also it was a problem for me watching the movie there were a few times where like the playboy scenes where i was like the scene in the hotel when he's talking to the people about about batman and the women and the girls swimming in the pool and all that. You could tell me that was a deleted scene from American psycho. And yeah. I would a thousand percent believe you right down to the haircut and the suit that he's wearing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Jim and Hans who's showing up in, in, in the pimp outfit at the end of Shazam 2 dressed like Papa midnight. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, okay, I get what you're going for here. haha, ha. But I hate American psycho and I'm not enjoying myself right now. Um,
1: totally understandable.
0: That's my, that is my only hang up. Uh, only hanging with that. All right. So I, I, I brought up kind of my criticisms issues that we've had with Katie Holmes and the ones I had with not even criticisms, just personal gripes with, uh, with, with Christian Bale. Um, there are some things, you know, that, that maybe didn't quite hit the mark for us as far as this movie goes, you know, for the sake of being fair, Matt, what were, what were some of the things as far as this movie that maybe just didn't didn't quite land for you. I'm, I'm going to let you go first.
1: I think my biggest problem with this movie may not be a surprise considering how much I like Batman forever is like the, the system of martial arts they use in this movie to portray for them to use is very interesting. And I know that in the behind the scenes stuff, uh, Christopher Nolan talks about how he feels like, you know, once from the Bronx comes, you get this like dance, balletic martial arts thing. It goes over the top and he wanted something dangerous and real, And I get that, but I also think they're edited so quickly. You don't get any of what is happening. And I don't know if it's because the Casey fighting method looks silly on film or if as much as I've talked about how awesome Christian Bale is, if he just couldn't move in the suit and it looks weird. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much we're missing with these really cool fights that I want to see because like. Batman's supposed to be one of the best fighters of all time. I need to see what he's doing and part of that glory would be to pull the camera back a little and not cut every 0. 0.5 or 0. 0.8 seconds while he's moving. And I think that is probably besides Katie Holmes my biggest gripe about the film is that I just don't think we see enough. You t- you can know he's beating people up, but you can't see what he's doing. And I feel like that kind of is my big kind of like, like the Katie Holmes thing, I think I can kind of go like, well, this is where we are, but that's one of those things. I'm like, this stuff look cool. I don't know why you, you got rid of it.
0: I, I can tell you with almost hundred percent certainty that what I think is the reason why it, the fights are edited the way they are. Um, cool. Go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Cape. Oh, it's it's the cape, it's the cape. Yeah, it's it's the cape. You got to realize nowadays when you watch a, a comic book movie, if a character has a cape, there's a pretty good chance that cape is CGI. Correct. Christian Bale's cape is real. <laughs> that cape, it's it's loose fabric. It doesn't cooperate with fast movement in a, in a filming setting. So while the fighting may have been going really well, that cape is going to make all those shots look terrible. So you, you edit, you shoot close and edit close to hide the fact that this fighting style is going to look really dumb with a cape involved.
1: You know, that's possible. My, my only pushback is this, and it's not, not diminishing what you're saying. But that they even edit that way with the car chases like there's a lot of that car chase where i feel like we're jumping around <laughs> way too much
0: I, I think i think that dives into one of my negatives for the movie
1: is the car don't, you don't like I, the car I, 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 no, <laughs> I don't
0: like the tumbler i i think i think the tumbler is cool on its own i think it's a bad batmobile and I understand that the thing that they have is practical and that they built a thing that looks like that that drives around. I, I understand that. At no point is that vehicle going over 35 miles an hour.
1: I think that's incorrect, sir, but
0: I right. don't. That, that vehicle is not going fast. And when it moves, it's not moving gracefully. It's not going to look great on camera. And so, again, you edit it a certain way to make it look like it's A, moving faster than it, because they did the same thing in the 89 Batman movie, because that that Batmobile is also not going very fast. Um, that you edit like that to make it look like it's traveling fat, farther, faster than it actually is, and to hide the fact that they had to really coordinate those, those chase scenes to make up for the fact that the tumbler does not move gracefully.
1: Maybe. I only I only say maybe because the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of people say a lot of good things about the Tumblr. But at the oh, same the, time, I'm
0: not on set, so like I the can't. Fact that it yeah. worked is is sorry, my phone just went off. Is is speaks volumes to it. But that doesn't mean it was easy to shoot with. I mean the fact that they just had it working is yeah a sweet in and of itself.
1: That is correct. But no, I, I think that's but that is kind of my big my my only real gripe on this movie is I feel like a lot of the action, a lot of the editing in general just feels like it's a little too much for what this film is. And I and, and it could be the Cape thing, because, I mean, look, I've cosplayed Batman in the past and I can remember at one point like I was going to do a Batman fan film. Some guy had talked me into it. Luckily, it never happened because I think that would have been horrible. But not well. It doesn't matter. I already put said it. It'd be horrible. I, well, I also,
0: <laughs> I also think you alluded to it earlier when it was it was the suit was also not probably the easiest thing to move around in. No. As as much as I love this design of the suit, it is not practical. Hence the redesign that comes in the middle of the Dark Knight. Which, wow, that's not my preferred Bat suit. You guys can hear us talk more about that in the Bat suit episode uh, and in the Dark Knight episode. Uh, it was practical for filming better action sequences because you can't film Batman fighting Bane the way you do in The Dark Knight Rises with the bat suit you use and Batman begins.
1: Well, and you can't look
0: constrictive.
1: The reason I stopped being Batman is because the cowl sucks.
0: Yeah, it's it not sucks. an easy suit to fight in.
1: It, it's, just in general, because the and thing this, about this is, like, and this, and this is a Batman
0: with a ninja origin story. So. You can't have him looking bad on camera as a fighter. He's fighting Ra's al Ghul. He's got to look good. So if you can't make it look good, you make it edited. So it doesn't matter.
1: Well, and it's science. Look, your body naturally exudes heat. And when it can't.
0: Mine, especially. Yeah.
1: It shoots it out of your head. Yeah. So now you've got your body can't exude heat and you put a rubber condom on your head. You're going to die. Like, yeah, yeah. So I I, I, I get it, but I think that's my big thing. But I also, I don't want it. We'll, I'll save the suits episode for my real run about suits. But I think that's where, for me, I think that's the biggest, biggest kind of complaint I have about this movie is I, some of the editing in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I think you're probably right. They're trying to hide things. They don't want us to see there. There's which is unfortunate.
0: And it's, and again, it's 2005 the superhero boom hasn't happened yet this kicks off the superhero boom but it hasn't happened yet so the things that i think make the dark knight a better movie in terms of filmmaking uh don't happen unless they first make this movie and real and recognize hey with a bigger budget we could do that better yeah so while i i noticed while i noticed things like that in this movie i also recognize that it was good enough they were able to improve upon it for the next one yeah um partially by switching him to a much better vehicle but that's for next month's <laughs> episode <laughs> yeah no I, I yeah i if there's one thing i if there's one thing i I'll say i i gotta criticize other than what I, it's just yeah i don't like the tumbler i don't think it works as a batmobile I think it's a, I think it's a really cool vehicle. I wrote down in my notes about the movie too, because, you know, they talk about, you know, he's telling them how it's like the most advanced, uh, uh, military vehicle. And one of the things it has that makes it advanced is GPS. And I'm like, ah, yes, 2005 when mm-hmm. GPS, when having onboard GPS was the height of tech, man, if you had a, if you had any kind of GPS in your car whatsoever, you were like everyone's you you were suddenly the one everybody wanted a, a ride with somewhere. You were driving on on every road trip because uh, you had the GPS. Uh, remember those were those were the days, Matthew. Oh uh, the,
1: yeah, I, I remember there was a comic book that I was working on this storyline, and I was like, they should have a car like Kit. And then I realized like everything Kit can do did back in the eighties, you can do with your cell phone. So there's no reason for us to have a special car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I don't
0: want to I don't want to bend the tumbler over a barrel here because we. I did that. I did that in our Batmobile episode, which you guys can go back and listen to as well. Um, I will say though, like it's not my preferred Batmobile. However, when I think of the idea of what a Batmobile is the one thing that the tumbler does better than any of the others has ever done is making it high tech. Yes because none of the others have ever really explored that a whole heck of a lot like like the the 89 batmobile which is my favorite has the armor which is which is neat um but other than that it and it self drives other than that like he doesn't have like a bunch of gadgets or anything in there it's not like a command center like we typically think of as, as the batmobile um you know same with you know kilmers we don't spend a lot of time in it it drives up a wall yeah which is a problem, but whatever. Um, and we don't need to. We don't need to talk about Clooney's. Uh, but even even uh, uh, you know Pattinson's, which I love, is it's it's a it's a car with a jet engine on the back. Um, and and Affleck's, which I like, is just a smaller version of the Tumbler. Um, it's a small. It's it's a tank mixed with with the uh, the mock with with the Mach Five. So yeah this one's like a command center. It's got computers in there. You can see the screens and the buttons, like it can do things. And what I do appreciate about the Tumblr also is that it actually marks as what I think is often unrecognized, um, thematic things throughout these movies, which is that the Tumblr is, this is kind of the first early like implications of, uh, Bruce learning how to like develop, continue learn his own and develop his own tech because this sets up for the autopilot sequence at the end of the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Because this Batmobile does not have autopilot. Correct. By the Dark Knight, he's developed autopilot for it. Because the Batmobile drives itself at the beginning in that sequence with, with Scarecrow. It drives it in, in the movie. Intimidation then, Mode. Intimidation Mode. Love that name, by the way. Love that. Great title. Um, cut, that, cut forward from there to the Dark Knight Rises when they're like, oh, yeah, we developed this thing, but we can't get the autopilot to work right. What's the last thing he does he does you know to, he he gets it working and uses it to to escape so it kind of it's it's again it's I don't know if that was on purpose or not I probably not because again <laughs> reasons Um, but it's just those early seeds planted of like yeah developing per, per, building on his own tech developing autopilot that's something he clearly uh, has done before it would make sense that he would know how to do it at the end of the Dark Knight Rises so it's just I don't like the, the, the overall design of the Tumblr, but I can appreciate what it did, what it contributed to the story of, of, of this trilogy, whether that was on purpose or not is, is up for debate.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I do have to admit, like, I think I've said it before. is like, it's my favorite Batmobile, but at the same time, there is no way that only Lucius Fox built it. And there aren't about 30 other people in Goff going like, is that the Tumblr? <laughs> Also, and and I don't want to be that guy. You're t- don't bring in physics. Do not no. bring in physics. No.
0: That's, that's that's my next point. But this point is, you're telling me, knowing, and maybe this is this is hindsight speaking. But you're telling me. Knowing what we know about the United States military, that they wouldn't want a bunch of those tumblers. Really? You're telling me they passed up on no, there's not a chance. I know local police departments that would that would have bought those things by now. Yeah. Like so I have a hard time believing those didn't go into circulation. It's like <laughs> I like, no, nah, I don't buy that. The other stuff, maybe these, no, nah, I don't buy that. I no. If there's one thing, if there's one thing the United States government likes to spend money on, it's it's boom boom toys. Um, but, uh, also there's no way this thing drove on the roof of an old church and didn't cave through the top of it. Absolutely not.
1: Cartoon no physics. Way. Cartoon physics. I'm not going to defend that. That it's, it, it's, it's cool as hell, but it's so far.
0: And honestly, I, that's the only part of the movie that pulls me out because <laughs> honestly, everything, cause on, no, seriously, everything else with the Tumblr up to that point, I could still buy being legit. like yeah it drives up a giant concrete parking garage yeah it's built to withstand a shitload of cars i can believe that it's intact i do not believe for a second that a 200 year old church this tank lands on top of it after blowing out a rocket engine and doesn't go through it absolutely not
1: no i i yeah i tend to agree i think the only
0: time in the movie where i'm kind of like and i'm watching a movie
1: (laughs) it yeah there, had it been like buildings to buildings yes the the the, the church that was a bit yeah. much and uh, the uh the only pseudo critique not that big of a critique is like man there's a lot of want destruction in this movie
0: well we never go back to this part of the city ever again you got to remember this takes place on the narrows for dark knight and the dark knight rises this part of the city is still closed off
1: probably because he destroyed
0: it it. it is they destroy part of god part of gotham city is destroyed yeah and again that was an element that was supposed to be a part of the original third movie in this in this it's again like there was there was i think set up for a bigger story that's just it christopher nolan has said like yeah they explored those possibilities but they threw a lot of stuff out after Heath ledger died um I, I do wish we had gotten more with Zaz. I think, th- I think the choice to include, even for a, as brief a screen time as we do to include Victor Zaz in this world um, was a, was a fun choice. And I kind of wish we, cause Zaz can be a really creepy, fun character, especially if Scarecrow's involved. And I kind of wish we'd gotten a little more of that. Yeah.
1: That, but I think also like you do have that moment of like, this is a long movie it's a little over two
0: yeah which for a comic book movie at the time at the time for 2005 this was long for a comic book movie most of them capped at 90 minutes
1: yeah
0: so they were bad and they were short and they tried to make them as painless as possible
1: (laughs) that too that too.
0: daredevil sucks but man is it short It, it 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 gets through the story it's not a good story but it gets it over with
1: Hey, the, the director's cut of that movie is pretty
0: good. The director's cut is watchable. The director's cut is watchable. Yeah. Cut is watchable. Um, I don't know what more else we can say about this movie, Matt. I really don't. A, because we've been talking about it for a very long time. But also because, I mean, it's just... It's, a, it's such a well-made movie. It's such a well-made movie. And I... I remember being as a Batman fan who was willing to take a chance on another Batman movie who had seen very little marketing for this movie, to be honest with you at the time. I went and saw this on a random like like Thursday afternoon with my uncle. I was visiting family out of town for the summer and he and I went to the movie and then I just I was like, yeah, let's go. And I walked out of it like that was incredible. Like, it's stuck, it's one of the, it's one of the first few movies I remember sticking with me after I watched it. Um, yeah. You know, I hate that it was, has been so long since I've last seen it, because then seeing it recently, I'm just like, now I can't wait to go back and watch it again. And it's like, clearly there are things in this movie that I've missed. There's probably some things that we've missed even talking about it now for almost two hours. Like, hey. <laughs> I, I, I know these are long guys and we've been complaining about it off the mic in between takes and all that, but like, these are, these are the the deep dive breakdowns. That's why we only do these once a month. It's cause it's like, we, 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 we allowed ourselves, we've earned ourselves this time to gush about something, especially after we decimated Batman and Robin for 30 minutes. (laughs) Um, I think we i think i think we've earned the right to gush about a movie we love for two
1: hours definitely um
0: especially a, a movie this good
1: for sure for sure i think i want to add <laughs> i mean i think you're right we need to cut this off or i'm going to keep going uh look i know it's a fantastic movie Yeah, it is probably still my favorite batman movie um i think there's like even the gripes i have are nitpicky yeah it's not like none of it takes me out of the movie oh, yeah. none of it makes me go oh like the katie holmes thing as much as i wish she was a better actress she's not she's terrible in relation to everybody else yeah not that she is a horrible actress no, no no no
0: she's just not right for this movie
1: she looks 10 years too young and just doesn't, she doesn't have, have
0: she, she does have a baby face yeah. that is that is that is a thing I will say she doesn't have a baby
1: yeah face. here here we go here we go okay this is what makes me this is what I was watching and I've always thought this was fair. okay so Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. is in college yep he comes back yep so we don't know what his degree is but for argument's sake let's mm-hmm. say it's a bachelor's degree okay let's say he's a senior okay that means he's 22
0: right because at that point at that point Rachel's already working for the DA's office
1: how is that possible well she could
0: just be well she machine she's not a prosecutor at <laughs> that point she's not a she's not a prosecutor at that point they don't um, necessarily
1: But also say- I also
0: I'm also curious about that because the way Bruce Wayne is depicted he, he might just be van wildering this thing and might just be perpetually just have been in college and never finished because it's very, it's evident. He doesn't give a shit.
1: Yes. I think this is where I think any semblance of what age people are, I think would have helped some of that because to me, there's no way a 22 year old is working at the DA's office regardless of what she's okay so so
0: looking at wikipedia when chill is released from prison he's been in he's been in prison for 15 years
1: okay so 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 there's 25
0: so well that's assuming he's he's not 10 years old at the beginning of the movie i think he's eight i think he's like 12 or 13 He looks older than than Bruce usually look than Bruce usually looks in these movies.
1: I'd say he's ten or twelve if he's lucky. Let's, let's just say let's, ten.
0: Let's let's call let let's let's call him twelve. Okay. I'm gonna say twelve. Okay. Because because him and the girl who played young Rachel looked older than I think people are saying they are because I think they were like twelve. Okay. Um. i I can do math right now if you want
1: no that's if they're if he's if he's 12 that means he's 27.
0: all right so the so the actor playing young bruce was born in 93 which means in 2005 he was
1: 12.
0: he was 12. okay so he's 12. so tack 15 years later so he's 27 so he's 27 years old and still in college at princeton sounds to me like he's been van wildering around that would make her 27 27 years old working for the da's office makes sense
1: possibly
0: because she's not because she's not a prosecutor
1: i guess that's true
0: she's not the prosecutor on the case yeah so she's not so she could still be like a paralegal or a, a legal assistant or something at the da's office working on the case because then it's what it's another seven because in here it's another seven years after that that bruce comes back to be where to be batman now seven years now she's in her 30s working as a as an ada for the da's office that tracks she just looks a lot younger than yeah. she is
1: i get, if that's the mm-hmm. math of the movie i guess that kind of makes sense but that's mathematically,
0: always been mathematically it tracks much like Robert Pattinson, though, Katie Holmes looks a lot younger than she is. That's
1: true. That's true. Because okay. I, because I, because because
0: as much as I love the Batman, I have to remind myself that Robert Pattinson is older than he looks. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he looks he looks so young. Um, guys, we've talked about this movie for like almost two hours, <laughs> and uh, I I could talk about this movie for another half hour, um, yes. at most, because then that's longer than the movie. This movie rules. This movie is excellent. Batman Begins is a reason why this gets a sequel. We can't wait to talk about that sequel at the end of Spooky Season, at the end of October. We hope you guys, if you're still listening to this with us, good on you. Honestly, we love you. Thank you so much uh, for that. Thank you. Uh, Thank you guys who have been listening, and we've been uh, keeping us in the top 10 on quite a few lists uh, over on Good Pods. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. And if you haven't checked us out on Good Pods yet, it's it's an they're not an ad, just in general. It's 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 a really good podcasting app. As somebody who's been a podcaster for a long time, it's it's a very good podcast app. Yes, it is. Uh, so, so thank you guys. Uh and uh we'll be back next week. We kick off our spooky season with uh spooky episodes. We're gonna be doing our uh the evolution of the bat suit talking about costumes because it's costume season for Halloween. Ha ha, there's a theme. We occasionally are good at content. Uh we will talk to you guys again uh next time here on We Are the Batman. You can find us on Twitter at We Are the Batman. Find me on Twitter at Mr. Mike Shea.
1: Find me on Twitter at Mr. J Ninja.
0: We'll see you guys again next week. Same bad time, same bad podcast, Joe.
1: Bye-bye.